Welcome back to the XM Podcast. Here is your host, licensed mental health therapist, Matthew Kanabi. Well, in honor of Pastor Appreciation Month, we are going to have a discussion today about how to do just that. I'm joined today on the podcast with a returning guest that really sheds a lot of light and great insight into this topic. Today, we want to honor our pastors. And to do so, let's get started. Please welcome to the program, Dr. Don Litchie. Well, Dr. Litchie, um, you are no stranger to the XM podcast, and I am so thankful to have you back on today. And today we're going to talk about something that is very near and dear to my heart. You and I are on a team together that we're going to talk about that we meet together uh, about once a month. But today we're going to talk about pastors uh, in honor of uh, the month of October where we celebrate pastors. Um, I just want to have a really great conversation with you about some things that I think will be really great, not only for pastors to hear, but the the congregation and the body of Christ as well. So welcome to the show. And um, how are you today? Thank you, Matt. Uh, I was um, a little bit of the grungy stuff that's going around, but actually my soul and spirit are good. I'm really grateful to be part of this particular program. And this is absolutely at the very center of what I believe that God's called me to do. And what a great privilege to be with you today. And welcome to all your listeners. Yeah. Well, thank you. And, you know, when I was thinking, um, you know, a year ago, you and I just talked and we heard Jason Torville, who was on the program a year ago, he actually spoke this morning at our uh, ministers enrichment team meeting. And um, I was thinking of the month of October and I was like, there is nobody better for me to go to than Dr. Litchie to talk about how can we better honor pastors? How can we um, encourage them and, and maybe get some insight into some things that maybe they're experiencing, especially over this last couple of years, which has been so tough. So I just kind of want to open the floor for you to let, let's kind of just talk about some things that that you've been doing this for, for a, a while and working with pastors for a long time, maybe sharing some things that you've noticed. My guess is I've probably been doing this longer than most of your listeners have been alive, I suspect, but dating myself. But this is, uh, you're right, it's been a very strong passion of mine. I actually wrote my doctoral dissertation 30-some years ago related to ministers, and uh, thankfully at Emerge, we have developed a whole team as part of our team mission and team concept to have, and it's called the Ministerial Enrichment Team, the MET. We meet once a month. We have uh, special speakers. The whole idea is that so much of what we do at Emerge is to love, care for, help, and minister to those that are in ministry. And it's a great privilege to do that. Yeah. And talk a little bit about um, the purpose and reason. Like, why would Emerge even create an MET? You know, the, the long term history of Emerge, Matt was really rooted uh, in a pastor's heart that had gone through a really difficult stretch, Dr. Dobbins. And when they were going through a very difficult crisis in their life, they could not find anybody in the medical profession that understood their faith tradition, that understood their medical issues. And out of that very painful experience, Emerge was birthed 48 years ago. And from that time on, we have actually reached out and ministered Uh, to over 200,000 pastors. That's how close this is. And now I get a chance to actually lead a team that is involved in training, uh, teaching, uh, all of the different things, research, uh, updates. Um, We're looking at diversity issues, racial, ethnic, denominational, 
uh, gender diversity in our ministry? Um, how do we uh, refer? How do we work with pastors in intensive ways? How do we provide uh, materials? And really digging deeper into the life of the pastor, life of those that are in ministry. It is a unique call. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that today as we get in, in the, to the interview about some of the uniquenesses of those that are in ministry. It is a special population. And I will tell your listeners, it is a population that we love deeply. Yeah. Maybe share a little bit about that. Talk to me a little bit about the the calling to um, ministry and 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 maybe some some of the things that you know as as you've worked with so many pastors that you've noticed about things that we should be mindful with with their role and their calling and so on and so forth. Well, first of all, it is it is a call. Oftentimes, say to pastors, look, if you can do anything else, do that because you're not <laughs> onto something that's an easy road. It requires right. you to be. Uh, a warrior, uh, it requires you to be a warrior and it requires you to be a shepherd. And some people are really good at being warriors, and but uh, a pastor has to be both the tough and the tender, uh, the community-minded, but also instrumental and agentic and strong and yet compassionate. Uh, mm-hmm. So much we see in the life of Christ, you know, the tough and the tender, the one who was uh, strong and compassionate at the same time. You know, the evangelistic mission of the church is the saving of the lost, but the ongoing pastoral mission of the church is the healing of the saved. Mm-hmm. Not just the saving of the lost, but the healing of the saved. And that pastoral mission is so unique. And uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about that, if that's all right. I mean, of course. All of the different roles and responsibilities of a pastor. Uh, yeah. You know, just as a scriptural basis, people can look at Ephesians chapter 4, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3, Titus chapter 1, and numerous other places where you have the example of the, of the warrior shepherd. But a pastor almost uniquely is called to be everything from an overseer, an elder, a pastor, a shepherd. In many ways, we would say like a bishop. And so much is demanded of a pastor. I mean, they have to be uh, not only a general practitioner, but they have to be a scholar uh, and an interpersonal relationship specialist, a community organizer, a subculture specialist, a church politician, uh, a mental health specialist. In other words, they have. When I say a church politician, I mean they just have to know mm-hmm. how to manage people and all of those things. In any other profession, one of those would probably be enough. That's right. And yet for the pastor, guess what? They're called to be all of those things. So it's, it's, it's such a unique, amazing, wonderful. I always say when it's going well, there's nothing like it. But mm-hmm. when it's not going well, there is nothing like it. Yeah. How would you say things have been going over the last year and a half, two years. What are your thoughts around a pastor's role? So many adjustments, Matt. I mean, the, the whole idea of wondering, I mean, most of the people that come to the church, unless they're paid staff, mm-hmm. people are coming because they want to come or not come, or they can't come. And um, a lot of times pastors don't even know who's still going to come back mm-hmm. to the church after the pandemic. And there's been a lot of angst, I would say, in the ministry, like not knowing who's coming back or whether people have so-called felt the call of God to go to the church down the street, you know, mm-hmm. that's, it's created a lot of stress yeah. amongst our pastors. 
And I think part of what we're doing this episode for is one, shining a light on some of these things, but also to encourage our congregations to have empathy, um, recognize some of these stressors. I think pointing out all of those roles that that pastors um, play is important because I don't know as, as a congregation, we're thinking of all of the hats and uh, places of expertise our pastors have to be um, mindful of. But also, you know, this is a time, um, the month of October, you know, and we should be doing this all year round, but the month of October in particular is Pastor Appreciation Month. And, and that's why we're kind of talking and, and shining a light on it on it today. What are some of the things you feel like would be good for our congregation, for the body of Christ to kind of be aware of in the way we need to care for and appreciate our, our pastors? Great. That is a wonderful question. Thank you. I think that, that number one, to recognize that pastors are people and they are in those roles, not only in serving the church as a whole, but they're also in many cases, serving their families as either a spouse, you know, husband or a wife, as a parent. Uh, in many cases, pastors are, you know, working to raise and launch their kids at the same time, maybe caring for an elderly parent mm-hmm. and all of the demands. I, I sometimes say that a pastor has to have a way to refill the aquifer of their virtue because people are always drawing down. Mm. People want a piece of their pastor. They they want their pastor to be available 24-7, 365, and they're not realizing that there's a whole bunch of other people that are drawing down Mm. on that pastor's virtue. And one of the things that I have to say to those that are in ministry, you must have a way to refill that heart, that virtue that's within you. Remember Jesus as he was healing and doing his work of ministry, he's, he said, you know, I felt virtue or I felt power come out of me. And unless there's a good way, a healthy way to restore that, then you can be running on empty mm-hmm. and then you can get into all kinds of problems. Our research says that oftentimes those that are in ministry are not getting enough exercise or overweight, oftentimes depressed or anxious and oftentimes feel very tired and very little energy, oftentimes don't have a close friend. Um, and that's as both males and females. I mean, this is not a gender specific thing. Mm-hmm. When we've done the research, I mean, uh, those that are females in ministry, same thing, depressed, sad, anxious, lonely, uh, not getting enough exercise. Those are just body kinds of things. And yeah. as we know in our work, the body tends to keep the score. <laughs> Uh, of oh, what goes on, right? I've and, read something about that. Yeah, I've read a few things about that <laughs> as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there are just certain things that I believe strongly that a church owes their pastor. One, uh, give the pastor some benefit of the doubt. You know, pastors are under the pressure to have to hit a home run every single That's week, right. all the time. And that pressure is, wow, that's so strong. I think that the church is responsible to pray for their pastor. Mm. Uh, And and not only pray for the pastor, are you ready for this? They need to pay the pastor. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you get into Galatians chapter six, you know, about sowing and reaping, that that passage actually is about paying the pastor, pay the preacher. 
And oftentimes the preacher is stuck with, you know, having to drive an old car, not being able to take a vacation, not being able, because people are thinking, you know, wow, what are they, you know, who are they? Well, they deserve to be paid well for the work that they do. That's uh, very scriptural, by the way. And I think most of your pastors that will uh, listen to this will probably say a resounding amen. (laughs) And, right. uh, they're going to start sending this podcast out to start, all of their congregation, all the people, but they, <laughs> and they also deserve honor. Uh, first Timothy five talks about actually double honor to those that are caring for the souls that they're, they deserve honor from our churches. They deserve loyalty. They deserve support and they deserve to have a church that is striving for unity because that's where the Holy Spirit comes is when the church is gathered together in one accord. Now, what should a church expect from the pastor? Well, the pastor really owes the church purity, integrity, faithfulness, faithfully preaching and teaching the word of God, uh, the caring for the souls. That's soul care is the primary role of a pastor and to defend the flock. And those are those are just some of the things that that come to my mind uh, related to pastoral ministry. That's why I say to people, "Hey, if you can do anything else, do it." Yeah. But if God called you, anointed you, gifted you, and brought you along, and you have this burning passion in your heart, this is what I am made for. Then you cannot do anything else. Be a really good pastor. I think pastors also have to practice self care take care of themselves and be okay with seeking out therapy, seeking oh out, goodness, yeah. seeking out a, a, a counselor if needed. What are, I, and you and I spent a lot of time in uh, Orlando in August and we were at um, general council and mm-hmm. we got to talk with a lot of pastors and Emerge was really kind of going on this mission to change the, 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 the mindset around pastors seeking out um, therapy Mm -hmm. as like a weakness or something's wrong with them. Talk to me a little bit about that paradigm of the, the idea of seeking mental health is actually self-care. Yeah. Mental health is one of those ways in which you own the responsibility. You know, Proverbs 4, 23 says above all else. I don't know about you, but I've never seen anything above all else. The scripture (laughs) says above all else, guard your own heart. Yeah. And, and the subject there is you. You guard your own heart. And we are responsible in ministry to guard our own heart. And guarding it requires rest. It requires good rhythm. It requires uh, healthy relationships. It's the whole gamut, body, mind, emotions, uh, healthy relationships, the care of your own soul. Mm-hmm. You know, intentionally care for it. Uh, and, and if you don't do that, then really you're not obeying the mandate of God to guard your own heart. Mm-hmm. And so I think out of obedience, people would say, I would say to pastors, look, if you need help, you owe it to God. You owe it to yourself, your family, your congregation. You owe it to these people to get the help that you need. Yeah, God's never designed us to be... Uh, you know, lone warriors. That's never the case. God's yeah. always worked in the sense of community. I mean, yeah. from the very beginning, it's not good for the man to be alone. Well, he had to bring someone along to help fill him out. 
Yeah. We, we need that in the body of Christ. For sure. I, I've been very blessed to be able to work with a lot of pastors in my time uh, that I've been at Emerge. And I see a lot of times by the time pastors kind of get to um, our doors, um, I've noticed balance has gone out the window. And mm-hmm. oftentimes um, they're, they're, they're not taking care of themselves. Um, and and they're, 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 I think, nobly trying to do everything. Um, and oftentimes I, I, with, with pastors, I I go right back to Genesis and I'm like, if you, if you take your Bible and you put it down on a table and you open it up, the very first thing God does is show us a balanced work week. Mm -hmm. He shows us, I do the work and then I sit back and enjoy it. And then the next day I get up, I I do the work and I sit back and enjoy it. But so often I find pastors it's 24 seven. There's no Mm -hmm. sit back and enjoy it and rest. And I, I just, it, it's tough because as you said earlier, I think the role by nature, you're, you're doing so many different aspects of, of caring for your, your church and congregation. It's hard to find balance. Yeah. And I, I do think that that rhythm of life, uh, it, it demonstrates a trust in God and it really demonstrates the fact that God can actually run the universe without us. For, yeah. for at least a day. And, uh, you, <laughs> know, but, you know, there, there's times to be really intense, long hours, oftentimes in ministry, late nights or all night. And there's time for that. There's time when there, we just have to be on and giving. Mm-hmm. But equally important is that time off. And that time off is for that restoration, that recreation, that, uh, that whole part of us that gets restored and restoried. And oftentimes we can become, you know, and, and frankly, Matt, um, I've oftentimes said nothing fails like success unless you're careful. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. people can move along in ministry and really have great successes. And sadly, in some cases think, wow, I can do this without Jesus anymore. And that's, you know, not a smart thing to do. Yeah. And I think yeah. part of that rhythm of rest of care, of diligent, intentional care for your own soul and body and mind and your emotional life, creativity, your relationships. If you'll do that intentionally, believe me, God is pleased with that and will come right alongside and, um, and be with you in that, in that ministry, not just to others, but uh, oftentimes David spoke to his own soul. And we have to speak to our own soul. Yeah. You know, I, I, I share this kind of tongue in cheek with clients and um, I'll tell them, I'm like, imagine if you were able to take care of sleeping properly, eating healthy, working out and taking care of your life spiritually, what in there would go wrong? You know, <laughs> it's like, it, those are simply pretty basic things, but many of us don't do them. You know, the idea of getting healthy sleep over the course of a seven day period and and eating healthier and and, and balancing our, our, our diets out and getting some good exercise and then spending time with God each day and being in the word there's in the in there um, when you balance those things, there's not a lot of bad that comes with that. No, that's right. One of the things I certainly want to encourage the listeners is to um, take a calendar in any given week and and write out 
what I would call an ideal week or a master week and put blocks of time where this is my alone time. This is my study time. This is my visitation time. Uh, put in there everything from romance and intimacy to, uh, uh, you know, date night. In other words, that whole gamut of the whole person. Yeah. Uh, schedule it in. And in most cases, most cases in our culture, if someone wants a piece of you, you can say, hey, let me check my calendar. And you can say, oh, you know what? I've got something booked for that right now. Can I get back to you? Well, you don't have to put in there. Well, I'm having intimacy with my wife or my husband. <laughs> that's, um, that's right. You, know, you don't have to be completely you know, forthright. No, well, yeah, that's right. Always honest, but not, you know, appro appropriately transparent. That's true. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the thing is, is most people will say, you know, um, that's just not open on my schedule right now. In most cases, people will respect that. Yeah. And but I can tell you that if those that are in ministry, because ministry, uh, A, it's complex, B, it can be, if we're not careful, it can be kind of seductive because, you know, it just does a lot of reinforcement. Um, and and yet, you know, it is a high and holy call. That's the key thing. Mm -hmm. Ministry is a high and holy call of God Almighty. And if we're going to be good caretakers, good, responsible caretakers for our own soul, body, mind, heart, relationships, um, we'll, be, we'll actually be doing the work and the will of God. Yeah. Can't, I can't emphasize that enough. It's huge. It is huge. You know, I, um, I, I think it's important to kind of tie this back. In, into those of us who are not pastors, but are, um, you know, members of churches, this is an opportunity. And I, I, I'm going to kind of encourage and, 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 and put something out there. Take some time to do something kind and nice um, yeah. for your pastor and, and utilize this month that we're celebrating. And, and that could be as simply as a conversation going up and saying, hey, thank you. Um, I know we've done a bunch of different things for our pastors in our church, but, you know, buying them a, a, a Starbucks gift card or, you know, yeah. putting a meal uh, train together or, or, yeah. or whatever, just to kind of go, you are seen, you are cared for, you are loved, you are appreciated. And, and the other thing um, my pastor um, shared with me, uh, this is about a year ago. He goes, man, the way you can really bless me is by blessing my family. Like, acknowledging what my wife sacrifices for for the the role that I've taken and and what my kids have have done and so we always incorporate it's not just just blessing the the pastor but it's blessing his family or her family as well mm -hmm. to acknowledge that it's that role is not just that person taking on the role of it's it's a family everybody's doing it that's right that's right uh, there's a lot of advantages. You know, this is probably a whole nother podcast, Matt, that of what it's like to grow up in a pastor's family. There's yes, there, yes. believe it or not, the research is actually very positive about kids that grow up in ministers' families. There's a lot of opportunities that are there that other kids don't have. But that'll be for another time to talk about. Can I we do that though? Would that? you do that? Would you do that podcast with oh, me someday? I'd love to do that. You bet. Absolutely. Yeah. But, I've actually I've, I've done a rewrite of the Ten Commandments okay. uh, related to ministers' families. <laughs> really? Yeah, it'd be kind of fun to talk about that. I would love to talk about that. Well, we'll, we'll so, schedule that. So, 
Okay. So one of the things I grew up and a lot of your listeners will laugh when they hear this, but I grew up where they used to talk about something called a Pentecostal handshake. You may not have ever heard of that term before. No. A Pentecostal handshake is like you have a $20 bill in your hand and you go up to your pastor and you just shake their hand and say, <laughs> love you. And I bless you. And you give them that $20 bill, you know, <laughs> and they used to call that a Pentecostal handshake. That's great. I did that. I, I did that with one of our yard workers here recently. They dropped something off and I said, I'm going to give you a Pentecostal <laughs> handshake. He looked at me like, what are you talking about? Well, then it was a $20 bill, you know, go buy lunch, you know, Sure. Yeah, they, they were thrilled about that. Whatever yeah. Pentecostal handshake was, it was a good thing. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Dr. Lucia, anything else you feel like it would be good uh, as, as we kind of uh, end our time together um, that you would like our audience to know, pastors to know, the congregation to know, anything on your heart? Thank you, Matt. Uh, what a great opportunity this is. To those of you who have given your life to ministry, um, I want you to know that we at Emerge are aware that some of the greatest joys and some of the greatest pains can become in ministry. You know, sometimes the, when things are going well, like I said, there's nothing like it. But when things are not going well, sometimes that loneliness or sense of rejection can come in. And sometimes those that are in ministry will doubt in the night what God has revealed in the day. And I just want to encourage those that are in ministry not to doubt in the night what God has revealed to you in the day. If God's called you, and He's gifted you and anointed you, and you have a heart that wants to do the will of God, and you're really willing to do the will of God, assume that God is smart enough to bring you exactly to the place where you are. Uh, Not to confuse your work for God with your walk with God. Both of them are important. And uh, take good care of that heart that God has given to you. Guard your heart above all else, for out of it flows everything that's important in life. That's what I want to say. Say thank you for your ministry. Thank you for answering the call to be a warrior shepherd and to shepherd God's flock. Great, high, and holy call. Thank you. Wow. Well, that... that hit me like a ton of bricks. Thank you. I, I, I feel like that is such a good word. And um, Dr. Litchie, thank you for being such a good friend and mentor. I mean, I, I just, I can't thank you enough. And, and over these last several years, getting to know you and, and just um, by being around you, just feeling like, man, I've been able to benefit and learn so much from you. And I, I just appreciate your openness to go, you know, yeah, I'll sit on a podcast with you and, and talk about pastors. I, I love talking about that stuff. I, I just appreciate your heart. I appreciate your, your ministry. And, and um, yeah, just thank you so much. You're very welcome. And, and again, thank you to all of your listeners for, uh, for thinking deeply about the things that we're talking about. Well, there you have it. I hope this has been a call to arms or a trumpet sounding in your heart. Honor your pastors. Encourage them. Let them know their value. I hope this has been helpful and a blessing to you. Thank you, Dr. Litchie. Uh, You have my utmost respect, and thanks for joining me on the podcast uh, today. Please give us a like or a comment or share if you enjoy what we are doing on the XM Podcast. Well, until next time, or when our Savior comes, God bless.